Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Good Friday morning. We're following breaking news. Yeah, a deadly accident involving U.S. service members overnight. It is April the 28th. This is today. Mid-air collision. Two Apache helicopters crash in Alaska, killing three soldiers and injuring another. The investigation just getting underway. We'll have the very latest. Weekend washout. The storms that slammed the south this week. Now taking aim at tens of millions up and down the East Coast. While in the Midwest, new problems from that historic Mississippi River flooding. The water's still rising. Al's got everything we need to know. Key witness, former Vice President Mike Pence testifying for hours before a federal grand jury. So what did he reveal about Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the election and January 6th? A live report from Washington straight ahead. New twists. One of the roommates who was there during the Idaho college murders now agreeing to talk to attorneys for the accused killer. What she says she saw and did not see that night as the prosecution makes its own moves in that closely watched case. Those stories plus remembering the ringmaster. Tributes pouring in for daytime talk show pioneer Jerry Springer. This morning, a look back at his colorful life and career with another icon, Maury Povich, joining us live today, Friday, April 28, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, hi there. Good to see you. Happy Friday. We're happy you're with us. Savannah is enjoying this day off. What a night I'm for some young you. kids. Their life yeah. changed last night, didn't they? In an instant. Yeah. Day one of that three-day NFL draft. It was quite the spectacle. <laughs> uh, no surprise with the number one pick, but we are going to go live to Kansas City. Kaylee Hartung standing by. We'll do that in just a moment. Someone described it as a party where not everybody's having fun. That's true. It's like you're waiting for your name to be called. We're also watching those severe uh, storms. They're causing major damage across the South, as well as that flooding along the Mississippi. In fact, here's a live look at Davenport, Iowa, hit hard by those rising waters. And today, more than 20 million more folks are at risk for more storms. We're going to get to Al's forecast and the impact on your weekend just in just a moment. But we are going to start with that breaking news overnight, that Apache helicopter crash in Alaska. Three soldiers were killed. The incident coming in the wake of another deadly Army chopper collision back in February. NBC's Stephanie Gosk has the very latest for us. Hi, Steph. Good morning. Hey, Hoda. Good morning. Yes, this happened overnight in a really isolated area. So information is is still coming in. But we do know that each helicopter was carrying two people. Two soldiers died at the scene, another en route to the hospital, the fourth still being treated for injuries. Overnight, two U.S. Apache helicopters crashing midair, killing three soldiers and injuring one near remote Healy, Alaska, more than 200 miles north of Anchorage. Officials say soldiers based at Fort Wainwright from the 11th Airborne Division were flying two AH-64 Apache helicopters back from a training mission when the crash happened. 
This morning, Army officials saying this is an incredible loss for these soldiers' families, their fellow soldiers, and for the division. Our hearts and prayers go out to their families, friends, and loved ones. It comes just weeks after several crashes involving U.S. Army helicopters. Last month, nine soldiers were killed in Kentucky when two Army Blackhawks crashed in a training exercise west of Fort Campbell. And back in February, a Blackhawk from the Tennessee National Guard crashed in Alabama, killing two crew members. The head of the 11th Airborne Division also said in that statement, Fort Wainwright is one of the most tight-knit communities in the military. Obviously, this would hit hard for any unit, but terrible news out yeah, of Alaska. It's so hard to see that. All right, Steph, thank you so much. Turning now to that wild weather from coast to coast with more on the way. The historic flooding along the Mississippi River now being blamed for train derailment. Meanwhile, in the south, cleanup is underway after a string of storms and tornadoes there. Al's going to have the very latest forecast as we head into this weekend in just a moment. But first, NBC's Maggie Vespa is in Davenport, Iowa for us once again. Maggie, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Yeah, up and down the Mississippi, it is a tale of widespread flooding. Farther north, water is cresting after people have begun evacuating. And then here in Davenport, you can see water is still rising, but the worst is days away. And then down south, it's a very different tale with twisters causing serious damage. This morning, severe weather wreaking havoc across multiple states. In the Midwest, the swollen Mississippi River is continuing to rise. In DeSoto, Wisconsin, investigators are combing through the wreckage of this train derailment, trying to determine if floodwaters caused several cars to spill off the tracks near the river. People in La Crosse, Wisconsin, forced to flee flooded homes with river levels cresting there. A gas company near Davenport, Iowa, cutting service to more than 100 homes. If the forecast is as bad as they think, how high would it go? This is this is 21. Wow. This is 21 six, I believe, right here. Down south, the story is tornadoes with at least seven reported twisters, six of them in Florida alone, one striking just outside Tallahassee. This look from above shows the damage in one neighborhood, the severe weather snapping trees and stripping the roofs from home after home. This week's multi-day stretch of relentless back-to-back thunderstorms unloading dangerous winds, hail and lightning. And dangerous storms will continue to pummel the southern plains to the west, 22 million facing yet another day of severe weather. But this morning, some good news in Texas. Two young brothers in Fort Worth recovering after getting hit by a lightning strike. I died last night and came back to life. Across the country, millions still on high alert this morning as this severe spring weather marches on. And we're just glad those two kids in Texas are okay. Back here along the Mississippi, speaking to the historic nature of these floods. In a rare move, a new USDA report says all barge traffic in the upper part of the Mississippi has actually ceased due to rising river levels as this slow-moving disaster continues to take shape. Craig. All right. Uh, Maggie Vespa for us there in Iowa. Maggie, thank you. Let's get some specifics on the storms, where they're headed over the weekend. Al's joining us now. He's in upstate New York. Hey, Al. 
Hey guys, good morning. We'll explain why we're here in a little bit, but let's get to this uh, severe weather we've got going on right now, and it's going to be affecting a good chunk of the country. We've got one big slug of heavy rain and thunderstorms making its way through the mid-Atlantic and up into the northeast over the next 24 hours. But we've also got this next low pressure system developing over Texas. Rapid thunderstorm development over this afternoon. We've got an enhanced risk from San Antonio up to Dallas. Tornadoes possible. Hail, damaging hail again, two inches in diameter or more from Dallas all the way down to Laredo. Then tomorrow, early morning and nighttime storms firing up. The heaviest rain will be in east-central Florida. In fact, we've got a risk of severe weather stretching from Panama City into the midsection of Florida. Then during the day on Sunday into Sunday night, heavy rain as another system develops along the mid-Atlantic coast. That's going to bring that heavy rain with increasing winds, strong thunderstorms, rainfall. We're looking at Washington, D.C., heavy rain today, one to three inches. The New England coast has a flood threat Sunday night, anywhere from one to three, but locally could be upwards of five inches of rain. Guys? All right, now we'll come back to in just a moment now to that major development in the investigation into then-President Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election. His former vice president, Mike Pence, testifying before the special counsel's grand jury yesterday. That's according to a source familiar with the matter. Pence's appearance coming after months of negotiations. Here with more, NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good to have you as always. Good morning, guys. So mm -hmm. former Vice President Pence at the courthouse reportedly from about nine in the morning till 430 in the afternoon, seven and a half hours. Yeah. What, what does that tell you? He has a story to tell. And for months, the special counsel has been trying to get at these conversations. I mean, this is really significant. This is the former vice president of the United States testifying in a criminal investigation into the former president's actions. And we know a lot of these communications, a lot of these interactions are only between Pence and Trump. And that's why the special counsel needs these conversations leading up to the attack on the Capitol. We know from our reporting, the special counsel is really interested in Trump's specific efforts to block the certification of the election because we know Pence didn't go along with the scheme. And so they want to get at those conversations that only Pence is privy to. Well, you wonder what kind of questions he was being asked because publicly Pence has said, well, maybe there wasn't a crime committed maybe President Trump just got bad advice for an attorney. Yeah. So let you put, put you in the attorney seat. If you were going to ask Mike Pence some questions, what would you ask him? Why didn't you go along with it? What, what did you think was wrong with it? And what did the president say in response when you told him it was not okay under the Constitution? When you told him it wasn't illegal, when you told him this whole thing was just a harebrained scheme and it would never work, yeah. what did he say in response? And when you told him it wasn't okay, what did he say in response? I mean, all of that, that flushing conversation. out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they ha they're having conversations on the evening of January 5th, the night before mm -hmm. the attack on the Capitol. They're having a conversation on the morning of January 6th. They're going to want to know all of the details about that. Mm. Do you expect that this is going to lead to another indictment for President Trump? I think it's way too early to say. Uh, I think it, this is a complicated one. Remember, this is this is separate from the issue about the withholding of classified information. Mm -hmm. This is very complicated. We could be a ways off here, but this we this is a critical piece of the puzzle because again, this is the highest level senior aide we've ever seen testify in front of the grand mm -hmm. jury. Roger. Have Thank a good weekend. You. Thank you, Thanks. Laura. By the way, former President Trump did weigh in on Mr. Pence's testimony as he returned to the campaign trail in New Hampshire. The 2024 race now quickly taking shape. NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Welker, has the latest here. Hey, Kristen, good morning. 
Hi, Hoda. Good morning to you. President Biden is capping this week with an eye on his reelection campaign. Tonight, he's going to attend a fundraiser hosted by the DNC. And he and former President Trump are already gearing up for what could be a rematch targeting each other's records. And it is clear, Hoda, Mr. Trump's legal challenges are looming. As 2024 ramps up, former President Trump campaigning in New Hampshire, making his first public comments about his former Vice President Mike Pence's historic testimony before a grand jury investigating Mr. Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election and the January 6th attacks, speaking exclusively with NBC's John Allen. Mr. President, what do you think of Mike Pence testifying today? Oh, I don't know what he said. But, uh, I have a lot of confidence. Mr. Trump also repurposing a familiar line of attack from 2016. I will be retiring the name crooked from Hillary Clinton so that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as crooked Joe Biden. A DNC spokesperson brushing off the attack, saying Donald Trump and his family used his presidency to rake in billions with a B from shady deals with foreign countries like China and Saudi Arabia. The former president also taking aim at Mr. Biden's economic record. We handed Joe Biden the fastest economic recovery ever recorded. He took that booming economy and he promptly blew it to shreds. The DNC calls Mr. Trump's stewardship of the economy an abject disaster, noting more than 12 million jobs have been created under the Biden administration. President Biden, alongside the first lady, addressed supporters, evoking Mr. Trump without mentioning his name. This is about our freedoms. MAGA Republicans are trying to take us backwards, but together we're not going to let them do that. It comes as the GOP field continues to take shape. Mr. Trump's leading potential rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, is trying to bolster his foreign policy credentials, visiting four key U.S. allies as part of an international trade mission. Now, Governor DeSantis is also firing back at Disney after the company filed suit against him, alleging he orchestrated a campaign of government retaliation by getting rid of Disney's deal with Florida, essentially allowing it to govern itself. He says Disney's suit has no merit. It all comes as DeSantis is inching closer to launching his own presidential bid. Guys, back to you. All right, Kristen Welker for us there at the White House. Kristen, thank you. Let's get to Mr. Roker and his forecast. By the way, if you're wondering where Al is, he's at his alma mater, SUNY Oswego. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yeah, we're at SUNY Oswego. I, I teach a, a broadcast performance class here, and uh, I came up to teach the final class in person with the kids, so having a great time. We'll see some of them a little bit later, but let's show you what we've got as far as your weather is concerned for today. We are looking at heavy rain making its way into the northeast later on. Severe storms developing in Texas. We're looking at rain all the way up into the western plains and record highs out west all the way stretching with beautiful sunshine from Seattle down to San Diego. That's your latest weather, guys. I just realized I'm wearing Syracuse University colors. This cannot stand I've got to go change. Why were you I'm doing sorry. that? I'll, I'll see you in a little Good bit. Goodbye. I don't know. I just I grabbed something you out need of my green. suitcase. It's just horrible. Yeah. I'm going to go get my green and gold. Get your green. Bye. <laughs> see you. I'll see you in just a bit. Uh, when we come back here on a Friday morning, we're going to break down a key development tied to the Idaho College murders investigation. Aaron McLaughlin's covering that story for us. That's right, Craig. One of the surviving roommates is now agreeing to talk to the accused killer's legal team. I'll have more on what her lawyers are saying. 
Well, thank you, Aaron. Plus, we will remember the influential and interesting life of Jerry Springer, a politician turned talk show host who forever changed daytime TV. And we'll do it with another icon of the industry. Maury Povich will be with us. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today. Just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now, 730. That's a live look at Buckingham Palace. The final countdown is on to the coronation of King Charles. Just eight days if you're counting, and Savannah will be packing her bags and her tea, heading to London for us, getting ready for the historic event. We're going to have more on the preps and the rest coming up on our third hour. And speaking of that lovely third hour, All lovely right. Good Chanel morning Jones to you guys on this here. Friday. It's yes. good to see you. Uh, first up this half hour, the legal battle that's tied to the University of Idaho murders. And this morning, there's some new developments on that case and one of their surviving roommates. Yeah, an interesting development, surely. Uh, NBC's Aaron McLaughlin is following that story for us. Hey, Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. That's right. Brian Koberger has been charged in the murders of the four students. He has yet to enter a plea, but ahead of a preliminary hearing in June, his legal team issued a subpoena for one of the two roommates who survived the attack, arguing she has information that may help clear Koberger's name. The roommate, Bethany Funk, fought that subpoena, but is now agreeing to be interviewed at home in Nevada. Two roommates survived the stabbing attack inside this house last November. They left four other students dead. Bethany Funk was one of the survivors, and now she's agreeing to be interviewed by the defense in the murder case. Attorneys for the suspect Brian Koberger issuing a subpoena for Funk to testify. Koberger's legal team claiming Funk has exculpatory information that might help to exonerate him. An investigator for the defense writing, Ms. Funk's information is unique to her experiences and cannot be provided by another witness. Funk's attorney fought back, filing a motion to quash the subpoena, writing, even if Funk possesses exculpatory evidence, which remains unknown, there is no place or reason to present it at a preliminary hearing. But new court documents made public show she's now agreed to an interview with the Idaho-based defense counsel. Funk will testify in Reno, Nevada, where she's from. Instead of taking the stand in the Leyta County, Idaho court, where Koberger's preliminary hearing is set to begin in late June. Ahead of the hearing, the prosecution expanding its team as they look to bolster their case against Koberger. Two deputies from the Idaho Attorney General's office, Jeff Nye and Ingrid Bate, have been appointed to assist in the prosecution. Brian, Brian, is it doing? 
Koberger was arrested in late December, charged with the stabbing murders of Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, Maddie Mogan, and Kaylee Gonsalves. According to charging documents, their other surviving roommate, Dylan Mortensen, saw a male figure with bushy eyebrows, a mask, and black clothing in the home that night. Funk's account of that night is not included in those documents. Prosecutors allege DNA evidence, video surveillance, and cell phone records led them to Koberger, who was pursuing a PhD at nearby Washington State University. He has yet to enter a plea, but has said through a former attorney he believes he'll be exonerated. So, Aaron, what are attorneys thinking that Bethany's testimony might reveal? Well, Hoda, while we have a better understanding of what Dylan experienced that night, there are so many unknowns about Bethany. Local police have said on the night of the murder, she was in her room on the first floor, but it's unclear if she woke up when the killer was inside. It's also unclear when she realized her roommates were dead, and we don't know what happened in the hours between the time of the murders and the 911 call. So clearly, the defense wants to know more about what she potentially heard heard and saw. Hoda. A lot of unanswered questions there. Aaron McLaughlin. Aaron, thank you. All right. Coming up, an important lesson on water safety. Three Olympic gold medalists joining us live with the tips and advice everyone needs to know with summer on the way. First, though, Jerry Springer's legacy in the spotlight this morning as tributes pour in for the iconic talk shows. We're going to take a closer look at his impact on the world of daytime TV, and we'll do it with another standout. Mari Povich will join us right after this. We are back 738 now, remembering Jerry Springer. He passed away at his home in Chicago yesterday. His career, wide-ranging, including his popular talk show that really changed the landscape of daytime TV. As a former mayor of Cincinnati and local news anchor, it was a departure, but it came to define him. We'll talk about that with Mari Povich in a moment. But first, a closer look at Springer's life and legacy. On television, Jerry Springer called himself a ringmaster. His namesake show that ran for nearly three decades, an all-out circus that always brought the shock factor. Outrageous, <laughs> provocative. And I know the guy that she's cheating on you with. Who? Oh, it's me, bro. And ratings gold. Springer describing the appeal during its peak here on Today. It's the craziest show on television. I don't pretend that it's anything but that. Um, but it's entertaining. People obviously like it. We're seeing people that we're not used to seeing on television before. What began as an ordinary talk show in 1991 soon became must-see TV. Let's try and do it without hitting each other, okay? Those infamous brawls and bizarre confrontations captivating audiences. By the late 90s, the Jerry Springer show became one of America's biggest guilty pleasures and even for a stretch, surpassing daytime queen Oprah and viewers. But not everyone was a fan. If people don't like it, and there are many people who don't, that's why God gave us remote control. Turn the station over the years, Springer repeatedly defended his controversial show against critics that called it low class and low brow. But we're all alike. We're not better than these people. We just dress better. Springer first made a name for himself in politics. He was elected to the Cincinnati City Council and later became mayor 
1977. But after an unsuccessful run for Ohio governor, Springer turned to broadcasting, starting out as a local reporter and eventually to the anchor desk. But it was his pioneering talk show that launched Springer into pop culture history. No one's watching because of me. They're watching because the stories are crazy and and the people are uh, outrageous. Through 27 seasons of his own hit show and hosting gigs on dozens of others, Jerry became synonymous with on-screen drama. But those who knew him best say he was always kind and simply loved people. He was probably the most authentic person that I've ever worked with in this business. This morning, as tributes pour in, so many now remembering the TV titan and his signature final thoughts on every show. Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. Springer passed away after battling pancreatic cancer. He was 79 years old. Springer's family saying his loss hurts immensely, but memories of his intellect, heart, and humor will live on. Let's uh, talk now about the memories of Jerry Springer with another daytime TV legend, Maury Povich. His own show ran for more than three decades. Maury, you guys launched at the same time back in the early 90s, you and Jerry. I feel like we watch these clips and we watch people throwing down and having fights and all that stuff. But there was a man behind this, a person you know. Describe who that person was off camera. Well, first of all, I mean, Jerry was uh, he, he was a sweetheart. And uh, we knew each other from the beginning of our talk shows. We both started in 1991. Uh, for many, many years, we were owned by the same company, your company, NBC. Uh, we did our shows in the same studio up in Connecticut for many, many years. And we would see each other a lot. I'm not saying that we were great friends away from the business, but we, I think we understood each other. He, he always said the difference between my show and your show, Maury, is that you're the real deal and I'm the deal. And I said, <laughs> no, no, Jerry, you're your own deal. So that's the way we had it. And we used to laugh about it. I mean, he, he was very honest about his show. He, I, I used to say, I said, Jerry, I mean, it, it, your, your show's like wrestling. He says, yeah, it's like WWE. And, that, and so he was there. I mean, he never pretended to be anything else but what he was. What was the key? I mean, both of your shows have also been criticized for the more sensational topics, you know, fights on Jerry's, paternity and lie detector results on yours, you know, and yet right. the shows ran for decades. What was the key to success, in your opinion, for all those years? I, I think a lot of people used to watch the shows and still do. I mean, but both of our shows are, are still in repeats. My show has been on now uh, for the entire season, and I'm getting as good ratings now that I did with the original shows. So, I mean, people still have an interest. And I think the reason is a lot of people used to watch because there but for the grace of God go I. Uh, I mean, it's not my life, thank God. Let's see what other people's lives are like. And then a lot of people watch, I think, because they went through the same things. I mean, they've had problems in terms of families and they wanted to see uh, how it played out on TV. More, you know, Jerry really did sort of uh, start this different era of daytime talk, if you will. You and him both back in the early 90s. What do you think Jerry's legacy, his lasting impact will be um, on, on the genre and perhaps pop culture as well? Well, I, I think, you know, one thing that Jerry did, I mean, Everybody had a feeling about Jerry. I mean, there was an opera, you know, after Jerry Springer. I mean, Jerry Springer, the opera. I mean, 
he penetrated a, a lot in our culture. I mean, you have to understand in the 1990s, it was the golden age of t- daytime talk yeah. shows. There mm-hmm. were like 10 of us. Mm-hmm. We had Phil Donahue. We had Oprah. We had Jenny Jones. We had Sally Jesse Raphael. We had Geraldo Rivera. And then Jerry and I came along. And it was a, I mean, 10 shows in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. It, it was a big time for, for daytime talk. Yeah. Well, Maury Povich, Maury, thank you. Our love to uh, your beautiful bride, Connie Chung. Tell her oh, hi for thanks. us. We love her. It's good to see right. you. She, uh, good to see you all. She's writing her memoir. She's under deadline. Oh, oh. hopefully. She, tell, her hopefully to come, yeah, yeah. tell her to come It'll here. Be we, a beauty. Yeah, tell her to bring it here. We'll, yeah. we'll be happy to host her. Okay. Thanks, Maury. <laughs> thank you. All right. Good to see you all. You too, huh? I mean, until Maury started reflecting mm-hmm. there, I had forgotten about the 90s and the yeah. talk and how Every- many. And there are folks you didn't Ten even mention, shows. like Ricky Lake and Montel Williams. Yeah. And, it yeah. puts it in perspective, doesn't That's it? Crazy. Think about the landscape and now. And there, there was room for all yeah. of them, which yeah. made that fascinating. Uh, let us head back up to mm-hmm. Sunias We Go. Uh, oh. oh, he changed. Good he job, changed his, his outfit. Smart. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, the great thing about Jerry Springer was, you know, his sense of humor. He he appreciated a good laugh and he could laugh at himself as well. But he mm-hmm. never laughed at the people he had on his show. He respected mm-hmm. them. So uh, just a terrific guy. Let's take a quick look, show you what we've got as far as the country's weather. We are looking at a lot of rain making its way into the northeast and mid-Atlantic today. Sunshine in northern New England, severe storms throughout the south. Look at record highs out west. And that is is your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al. Uh, thank you so much. We'll check in with you in a bit. Coming up on Popstart, it is official. We have a sequel to Dodgeball oh, in the works. Okay. give you the details on that and the original stars set to reprise their roles. Plus, he shined on Will and Grace. Now Sean Hayes is wowing audiences on Broadway. He'll be here live to talk about it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 